Welcome inside the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan alongside Brandon Piller. It was an elimination day for the ages in the National Hockey League. The Panthers, gone. The Preds, see ya. Pittsburgh, goodbye. Edmonton, yeah, they never had a chance. The Leafs, it felt like they were, but we'll let you know what sparked the comeback. Hint, hint. It was a sense abroad. We'll get into all that and more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Saturday, August 8th. We're recording before any of the games. And, well, it's a light, light schedule because of all those eliminations I mentioned in the opening. But we have to start with the story in the enemy territory. It was Jason Spezza chucking Knox, Pilsy. Was that what sparked the Leafs' comeback? It's got to be one of the biggest influencers. I mean, you saw it in the post-game reactions. All of the Leaf players and even head coach Sheldon Keefe giving him praise. Like, I think Zach Hyman said it the best. You're... You're looking, you're a young Leafs team, and you're looking at a guy who's been in the, in the league for a long time. He's racked up points. He's been a first-line player for most of his career. And he went in as far as saying a Hall of Famer. The jury's yeah. out on that one. Yeah, I, I was going to get to that, too. That's uh, So hopefully the Hockey Hall of Fame heard that one. I think if Zach Hyman declares it, that's pretty much a lock. Only if uh, he goes in with Alfie. Yeah, yeah, and Brian get Murray. Heater, get Heater in there. But yeah, that's that's what you see when you see a guy like Spezza who's willing to do whatever it takes to try to spark his guys. And he referenced no fans being in the building, so it's a little tougher to get a spark. Like, imagine the fans after that Spezza fight and throughout the three-goal comeback. Like, the Scotiabank uh, arena, the roof would have come right off. Yeah, it really would have. I, I was working the game at 10.50, and we had Kristen Chilton on post, or after the third period, after all that. And when when she connects, she connects just to us in the control room first before we get her on air. So when I picked up, I said, I said, Kristen, what's the uh, vibe down at the arena? Is the roof still intact? And uh, she's like, yeah. And couldn't even tell. It was like a minor hockey game. But obviously a huge moment. It's going to go down in the ages. But in classic Leafs fashion, The overreactions are outrageous. Like, they just won the Stanley Cup. Y'all know you didn't even win the series. You just avoided elimination. So let's see what Sunday brings for the Leafs. I think we'd be remiss not to mention the the highlight of that game in overtime. Right, Pilsy? Cody CeCe, his shot just a little bit wide, and it's too bad Seth Jones wasn't there for that one. I saw a great tweet saying that puck has to quarantine because it came from another country. (laughs) Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, and it's sticking with the the Leafs game before we move on here, yep. I I think the moment you knew that the hockey gods were going to give this one to the Leafs, Pierre Luc Dubois was coming down on the wing and just outside the blue line, he fired a shot on the empty net, and at an instant, it looked in and it looked like okay, that's kind of even it. Morgan like, Riley went like that initially. Like, yeah, it it seemed up. in, and I don't think I've. It, ever seen or it's been a long time since i've seen the puck get stuck in such a weird spot right there on the side of the net that it looks like it's in the net and pierre-luc dubois he's been terrorizing the leafs this whole series so that would have been the perfect nail in the coffin it doesn't happen the hockey gods are finally smiling on the leafs as they reverse their three goal uh deficit curse and they come back to win it in ot so 
it's crazy that this is the only series that is going the distance. I I don't know about you, Ross, but I had like three, four other series going to game five. What's more unlikely, that play by Dubois, or do you remember earlier in the season where a defenseman tried to ring the puck around the boards and it went into the pocket of the referee? Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I, I'm going to go with the pocket. Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. It's also crazy how many teams got eliminated yesterday. Which game do you want to hit on first? Do you want to go Islanders, Panthers? Do you want to go uh, Blackhawks? Remember how we kept talking? We asked Pooley. We were like, which 12 seed has the better chance of moving on? Well, spoiler alert, they both did in four games. So which one do you want to hit on first? Let's get to the Oilers. All right, the, the Oilers. My God, McDavid's face set it all on the bench at the end of that one. We're raw. People are saying, yeah, we're robbed of playoff McDavid. We are, but playoff Jonathan Taves, my God, have a series taser. Yeah. And this, this is where experience comes into play. A guy like Jonathan Taves, he knows how to dig deep down and get the best performance that he needs in the playoffs. Like this is crunch time. Like you can't be relying on talent alone. Like you got to get gritty. And that's what Jonathan Taves did. And the, the NHL, like, this must be tough. Like, seeing your your two teams with duo superstars, the Penguins and the Oilers, Connor McDavid, Dreisaitl, uh, Crosby, and Malkin, all out in qualifying rounds. Like, that's tough for this league because there's, there's your superstars gone. Well, you have two superstars, though, in Chicago, and I don't want to hear anything in the contrary. How's this for a stat? The Blackhawks are 16-5. and five when they have an opportunity to clinch a series in the Taves-Kane era. So for you scoring at home, that's 21 games. In those 21 games, Patrick Kane has 29 points, 14 goals, and Jonathan Taves has 27 points. Wow. That's leading by example on the ice. That That's why they moved on. And Taves, I don't want to say outperformed McDavid because McDavid still had highlight reel moments left, right, and center. But, my God, Jonathan Taves proved that at 33 years old, he's not done. He is ready to compete for another Stanley Cup. And I I don't think Chicago, I don't know if they get past. They're playing either Vegas or Colorado. That's tough matchup either way. But some would have said the Oilers were a tough matchup. Maybe not with their goaltending, though. Is that what the difference in this series came down to? Koskinen and, well, the gimme game that they put Mike Smith in for? Yeah, and that's tough. When when you got to go back and forth between two different goalies in a five-game series that only goes to four games, like neither guy really gets a chance to get get his groove and feel confident. So I think that's definitely tough for the Oilers. And, you know, like the offense was firing on all cylinders. They just couldn't keep the puck out of the net enough. I think the Oilers scored the most goals of uh, any team, probably other than the Blackhawks, in this first qualifying round. Like, they, they were there. Connor McDavid still leads in points with nine. Like, they, they the offense was rolling. They just couldn't keep the puck out of the net. Yeah, I forgot to mention as well another eliminated team, the Minnesota Wild. But there's no sends abroad in that series, so we'll save that till the end. Let's move on to the one where there was... Uh, the fireworks could have been more potent at the end, but there was a little bit of them between two sends abroads. It was Mike Hoffman, no surprise, down 5-1 taking a shot at the buzzer and who else but Jean-Gabriel Pajot going to say qu'est-ce que tu fais 
Yeah, like that. And like the worst part about that is Hoffman takes that shot clearly after the buzzer. Like that's not one where you're winding up and as you're kind of like coming down, it, the buzzer goes off. The buzzer goes off, he winds up and then shoots. Like that's just a gutless move. And what a like what an immature way to react. Like sure, don't get me wrong, it's heartbreaking, that's tough, but like you got to show a little more professionalism than that. So good for Pajot for kind of giving it to him there. I don't Hoffman like all the talents there, but I think you're going to have a serious problem signing long-term deals and sticking with teams. If, if his attitude continues to be a problem, he's still an unrestricted free agent while pending one at that he played his final game. We will give him credit where it's due though. He led the Panthers in scoring three goals, two assists, five points, his final tally. He's currently leading the sends abroad playoff scoring rankings. However, he played two more games than Mark Stone. Yeah, Mark's, Mark Stone's going to take the cake here. Although, it's playoffs. Pajot, this is where he shines. And Three goals. He scored another one. Yep. If you're Lou Lamorello now, you're feeling a lot better about uh, that trade, especially since that pick will not be uh, all the way down at 13 and it's going to move uh, much lower down in the first round. And how about that when Pajot scored? Mind you, it was an empty netter, but how about him scoring and just being like, meh, yeah, whatever, like shrugging it off like in that? There. I love that. You guys usually like, score not four a big goals deal. in the playoffs. Yeah, he must only had one chicken parm today. Yeah, yeah, a nice one chicken parm meal before the game. You're making me hungry with that one. Almost as hungry as the Montreal Canadiens stayed on the puck, man. 0-0 late in the game. We mentioned Matt Murray's struggles. Well, Tristan Jari got the start. He looked great, but they turned him around on that game-winning goal. Yeah, and you know what, Ross? I'm not going to only blame him there. How about four Penguins puck-watching, and yep. all of them, I, like... This, if Mike Sullivan was mad before, I would hate to be in the video room when they go over that one because four of them, including the goalie, all looking behind the net with the slot wide open. And then, yeah, yeah, like you said, Yari gets turned around. What a play by Paul Byron to get it out front. But I'm happy Montreal moves on because if they got Lafreniere, I think that would just be an absolute nightmare, even though it's going to be a disaster. If Pittsburgh gets it too, I'd rather watch Pittsburgh have him than Montreal. Yeah, stay out of the division, albeit still in the same conference, and Malkin and Crosby not getting any younger there as well. I'm curious to know what Pittsburgh does this offseason, because Jimmy Rutherford can't be happy with this result as the five seed. They even put him in the hotel with all the division leaders. And sure enough, they're on their way home before the round of 16. So it'll be really interesting to keep a tab on Pittsburgh um, going into this offseason and throughout. All right, let's move on to another game where... We had another two sends abroad eliminated. And the National Predators just, they couldn't find their footing. Abdi Omer on Twitter, great follow on Twitter, by the way. But he made a great point saying if the Sens kept all their guys, they would be the Nashville Predators. Elite offensive defenseman, Roman Yossi, but not much else. And the Preds threw everything they had at the Coyotes. I said it before, the, the difference in this series is going to be Darcy Kemper, and he showed it. I think other than that game where, and Ross, you know this as attendee too, if you're not expecting to start, and then the goalie gets injured in warm-ups, and then you're tossed in there, you're, you're thrown off. You're not mentally prepared. So I think that's a big reason why that didn't work out for him. But now he's in the zone, and the Coyotes, like, what a scrappy team. Richardson getting the game winner there. Like, that's a team, especially when they're in the Kachina jerseys, it's hard not to cheer for them. 
Yeah, very fair there. Uh, 9.33 save percentage for Darcy Kemper. Only Cam Talbot and Carey Price uh, have a better save percentage. How about Carey Price? A 9.47 save percentage. Like seven goals against in four games. That guy is absolutely sick and could be a reason if Montreal were to do, do some damage. I would love to see Montreal play Philly in the first round. I think that would be a really solid series. And Maybe a matchup between the two goalies who would represent Canada at the 2022 Olympics with Price and Carter Hart uh, between the pipes in that matchup. All right, we we gotta we gotta address the the elephant, or should I say, the albatross of a contract because Kyle Turris talked about struggling in the postseason. Man, out of all the sends abroad, I was not expecting to see Kyle Turris's name at the bottom. The ultimate bottom four games no points minus four he threw one hit in four games and only ryan dezingle who has zero games played is below him yeah that's that's tough for tourists i mean if you're david poyle you got a real situation on your hands here because a lot of these guys are locked up like he's he's kind of got his core stuck here and i don't know how you move kyle tourist without giving up an asset now or unless Seattle decides to take a chance on him. Like, he's he's stuck with Turris and then Duchesne. I don't know how you get rid of both or and just Johansson. one. And Johansson. And Johansson. $8 million um, for him, too. Yeah, the, the contracts there are just crazy. So They're paying the, $22 million for Johansson, Duchesne, and Turris down the middle. Wow. Yeah, that's... The, the Preds, I think, are going to get squeezed out here. And no offense to UC Saros, I don't see him being a future number one guy. And they're kind of handing the reins from Rene to Saros. And I don't see that working out for them. We could maybe, for the first time in a long time, see the Nashville Predators think about a rebuild. Yeah, the only players with more than one goal in this series in four games for Nashville, Philip Forsberg, who had himself a great series. He's a heck of a player. And Victor Arvidsson, uh, both with three goals apiece. No one else even touched two goals which is is sad to say although they did they dominated at times at even strength they'll give them that but the coyotes stingy defensively you mentioned the great goaltending so they were able to sneak that one out as were the vancouver canucks man i thought it was over at 4-3 dying seconds Bo horvat you need your captain your star players to come through in the clutch and that's exactly what he did yeah the the vancouver canucks needed that so badly because I think they would have been a little shaken off if they lost that game and then had to go back to uh, for a game five. So that was key for them to shut shut the door there and move on from the Minnesota Wild to give them credit, especially Alex Stalock. Like I think he's been considered um, strictly a backup his entire career, and he stepped up big time here. So kudos to the Wild for putting up a good fight, but uh, better luck next year, and hopefully they win those sweepstakes and get Lafreniere. And the guy I want to touch on as well, Brady Kachuk's other best friend. No, not Josh Norris. We've got Quinn Hughes scoring a goal. Is there a more fun defenseman to watch than him right now? Of the teams that are still available, shout out Thomas Shabbat. He's certainly exciting. And like the thing is, he's so good on the back check too. Like he if he's behind a play, he hustles to get the edges are incredible. Yeah, like the guy's a great skater. And I like what he does when he takes a shot from the point. I find that he has like a purpose in mind. Like he's not just winding up and hoping for the best. Like he has some sort of idea in mind where he wants that puck to go. He had a nice goal uh, last night getting it through all that traffic. So I love Quinn Hughes and man, Vancouver, you scooped up a good one there. 
So Vancouver moving on, but let's dissect. We mentioned a few of the stats, but let's dissect the Sens abroad update now that five were eliminated yesterday, joining Zabanajad and DeMello. So that's seven out of 20 gone before the round of 16. And of those players, you mentioned Mike Hoffman jumping into first with five points in four games. Funny enough, both Mike Hoffman and Mika Zabanajad led their teams in scoring despite only having these short playoffs. Was that a surprise at all or par for the course for you? I'll say I was surprised by Zibanejad. I thought Panarin would probably light it up a little more than him. But as far as Hoffman goes, not really. I mean, uh, he's one of their ultimate snipers. But they've got a lot of guys on Florida that can put the puck in the net, too. you got Dadnov, Huberto, Barkov. So it, it wouldn't have been surprising if one of those guys passed him. But, yeah, I really thought Panarin was going to light it up a lot more in this qualifying round. Well, and Florida did a lot of their damage as well on the power play, which is where Mike Hoffman is really dangerous. They went to 28.6% in their series. So because of that, I'll say I'm not super surprised. Pajot with three goals in four games as well in his first round series. The only sends abroad forwards without a point right now is Kyle Turris and Jason Spezza. But Jason Spezza, we mentioned right off the top, doing it with his fists despite playing in a fourth-line role where he's only averaging seven minutes and 52 seconds. Of course, there are some some anomalies just because Nemestikov, Chara, Ian Cole, they've only played two games, and Mark Stone as well, but he still has four points because that's just how Mark Stone plays the game of hockey. Um, What is your biggest takeaway now? Of the seven players eliminated, were there any big surprises? A lot of guys finishing with two points, including Zibanejad, Ennis, Chiesan, and Duchesne. Yeah, I thought Duchesne was going to get uh, a couple more points. That was that was a guy who I targeted uh, that was going to climb up the charts here and sends abroad. I thought out of any guys in Nashville, he at least was going to be a setup guy for some of those guys you talked about, Forsberg, Arvidsson. I thought he was going to be right there with them, but did not turn out the way they wanted in Nashville, that's for sure. So we will continue, of course, sends abroad. You can go to at Central on Twitter and get the latest of the Sens Abroad stuff, and we'll be sure to follow that along. All right, I think without further ado, we should get to our Sens Central citizen. We had Adrift Music join us, and it was a great conversation. This kid just gets fired up about the Ottawa Senators, and we love that, don't we, Pilsy? Yeah, yeah, he, uh, he's he been a fan for a while, and uh, yeah, real interesting guy. He's got a lot of uh, talents that he's working on, and check out his new song if you haven't already. It's pretty sweet. He made a a little video with multiple prospects that the, that the Senators may select with one of their first-round picks, so definitely check that out. All right, we're now happy to welcome on another Sens Central citizen. It's Adrift Music. You can follow him on Twitter at Adrift underscore music underscore. He's got his music all over the place. We retweeted yesterday. He's got a nice little hype pack. We are 62 days at the time of recording from the NHL draft, but Mr. Music is what we'll call you for this episode. How are you doing today, man? I'm good, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. I love the podcast. Hey, we're happy to have you, man. So how you been keeping busy with uh, everything going on here with No Sense Hockey? We're going on, what, six months now? I'm dying. I'm just following every single Sense podcast I can, listening to everything. I'm working on a new song. I got a science fiction novel I'm also working on. So lots of stuff going on with me personally 
Yeah, you're keeping things interesting, that's for sure. Uh, getting getting ahead of uh, everyone in a bunch of different platforms. But we're here to talk about the Sens. This is the Locked On Senders podcast. So you were telling us a little earlier you had some uh, pretty interesting memories of being a Sens fan. What, what was the first kind of memory you had about being a Sens fan? Or what are some of those early day memories that you can share with us? Oh, this team, I've taken it, the logo with me all over the world, Japan, Denmark, Amsterdam, I love this team. I think my first memory was the pizza line, like everybody else. <laughs> and uh, I actually have a pretty interesting story. I remember I was in Mykonos, I think, and I was watching the final game against Pittsburgh, the overtime, just right by the water. I had my laptop going. I met some uh, girls from Ottawa, but uh, we were just watching the game. And I remember this other girl came up to us, and she said, you want to go for a dip? Like, cause everyone in our group was just going in the ocean. I'm like, no, I got to watch my sense. I can't, I can't uh, miss out on that. And funny enough, like that girl ended up being my future wife. <laughs> it's just, it was just crazy. You know, like this team means everything to me, everything. That's an amazing story. It's too bad. The, uh, the outcome wasn't what you wanted in that game, but it probably added to the, uh, <laughs> the intrigue of the night, honestly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, I lost uh, the game, but I won something a lot better. Hey, there you go. And uh, just to clarify, your wife to this day? Not yes. like the Sens oh, where everybody getting... just leaves? <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, I know. <laughs> we're getting married in two years, actually, so I should say fiancé. No, that's great, man. Congratulations. That's a great Sens-themed. I'm assuming there'll be some Sens theme at the wedding. Of course. You know, she doesn't want to, but I don't care what she says. There's got to be I'm something, though. life. Yeah, you got to hide that in there. That's awesome. So, Adam, yeah, well, the, go ahead. Bro. And if you're signing a long term deal, you got to, you got to rep the jersey. You got to at least uh, get some memorabilia there in the wedding. Yeah. Have that as like a little yeah. signing bonus for you. Yeah, we'll get yeah. married, but the wedding's going to have to have some sense theme to it. But in typical sense fashion, there's probably not going to be any signing bonuses or. <laughs> she'll leave me soon if it's like melnick and everyone yeah well, that's a lot of the reason why the sends are all over the place in the playoffs if you've been following along sends abroad and who who out of all of them do you consider the favorite now to win the cup a lot of them got eliminated yesterday oh yeah you know what the thing with mark stone still hurts i can't watch him play it, it just hurts too much for me so i try to maybe i'll watch like some games I was hoping for the Rangers to go far. They got swept. But yeah, just seeing Mark Stone and his typical like excitement, it just breaks my heart that he left. You know, I, I yeah. can't watch Vegas games too much right now. He should be wearing the C for Ottawa, eh, Pilsy? Oh, yeah. He, he should be wearing the C no matter where he goes. That guy is born to be a captain. So yeah. tell us, tell us about, uh, about your music, Adrift Music. We've, we've got the, the song going. Where can you find it? It's all over on every streaming platform, Spotify, Apple Music, SoundCloud. And I actually wanted this song to be for the Belleville Senators. I was going to see if I could follow them around their playoff run. But, you know, unfortunately, things happened and you kind of have to adjust, right? Yeah, definitely. Well, we're, we're also pretty deep into that working. Pilsy and I would go down for all the Belleville games and work in the production crew. So... We basically saw when we were going in, in December, January, frigid nights where there's a snowstorm or whatnot, we're like, oh, it's going to be all worth it for the Calder Cup run. And then, <laughs> How's course, the arena? I haven't been to the actual arena. It's renovated. It's really small, but it's renovated. It's really nice. I'm sure the players yeah. love it. 
Yeah, you, you got to check it out. When that place is packed and uh, the Belleville Centers are rolling, like, it gets pretty hype. The whole town shows up. Are they going to do the 2D logo for them as well, you think? I don't think so. Maybe. No, I don't think so. I think the, no. their B jerseys are so clean, and I don't want any sort of attempt at uh, a Binghamton Senators logo. Oh, I don't want anything uh-huh. resembling that in any way, shape, you didn't or form. Like it? So, <laughs> no, well, I'm, I'm all hashtag for the B. Yeah, no, me fun. too. I think it's clean. I think that the, the Sens need the, the logo, the, the crest, rather than a logo. Oh, yeah. But for, the, for your minor league team, I'm cool with just a, a letter. That's fine. Who's your favorite? Take Josh Norris out. Who's your favorite Belleville Senator this well, year? Well, are we, are we taking out Drake then, too? Because Drake yeah, will be number one over Josh, too. People. Yeah. I already, know, I already know Pilsy's answer, so I'll let him start while I think about it. I'm going Rudy Balsers. I love oh, Rudy? Rudolph Balsers. Yeah, he, he's a sneaky guy that deserves more of a chance. And I don't think it's, it's not fair if we see him in Belleville again. Like, he's ready for the NHL. Let's go. Yeah, he's already oh, been he's over good. a point of game there, too. He's so nasty in Belleville. His vision, his, his hockey IQ, he's just a step above everyone else. But And he should be. He's 23, turning 24. It's, it's his time here to move on. But I'm going to go with the, the guy who's a lot more electric than Rudy Balsers, maybe a little rougher around the edges. But Alex Formanton, getting to watch that guy play live, he is one stride, two strides, and he's past the defenseman. It's actually wild to watch. I guess his brain just has to catch up with his feet a little bit more. And it's getting there. It is. It's getting yeah. there. Yeah, and his hands are too. At the start when he was in the maybe the first quarter of the season, you'd see him over stick handle sometimes too and just lose control of the puck. So for him to to add that to his arsenal, he's never going to have the hands of Connor McDavid, and you don't expect him to. But yeah. he has almost the feet of him. So if he can at least catch up a little bit to, to where his skating is, this guy is going to be a dominant player. I know we've thrown out the comparison a couple times of Michael Grabner. But yeah, I saw that on Twitter. Yeah. For me, that's if his hands don't necessarily catch up. If they do, then we're talking in a different echelon, maybe even like a Dylan Larkin. Meh, that, that might be a high, high price comparison, but um, like I'm thinking guys with just fast feet, like, Okay, maybe a guy who had a down year, but Jeff Skinner, same sort of thing. Like those guys, straight lines, it's going to be tough, tough to catch up with them. I'm so excited about our future, man. Like we have so many good prospects coming. Uh, you just mentioned Buffalo, and they've been kind of garbage, even though they got like Eichel and Dolan. But yeah, you don't have to say kind of. They're, they're trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're trash. But we, we've got a really good future. Like I know it's been tough with, you know, ownership and everything, but. I'm really, really excited for these two top five picks and all the prospects we have coming up. So do you think that this summer they should go out and get a goalie, or do you roll out with Nielsen and Hogberg next year and then reconsider the position after that? Let me ask you guys a question. All right. Afgrab's available at 15. We can trade up. Do you go for Afgrab? No, and I think Ross and I are in the same boat here. We like the talent the Sens have already. I, I think between Decord and Mad Sogard, there could be a future number one in the making here. Yeah, one of those two guys True. can play. Um, we, we, ranked, here, we ranked Askarov, and we know that he's going to be go higher than this, but we did our Sens draft board. And the reason we had him, I think we had him at 19 or 18, and that's just simply because we, we believe the Sens should stay away from drafting a goalie. So if you had said if he's available at 19, going by the Sens draft board we have, we'd have to contractually say yes. But since he said 15, I'll, I'll pass on that. I'll say you take 
two forwards with the top two picks, no matter what they are, and then you go with a defenseman with that Islanders pick. Did you guys hear about um, Lapierre, like his injury history? Like what? It, it wasn't actually a concussion. It was more like a like a vertebrae issue. Is that something that's been taken care of? Well, yeah, I read an article, I believe in The Athletic. Like apparently like the big worry around him is that he had all these concussions, but ended up being something like, like a spine related issue, which means that like you can fully recover. And I would honestly look hard about taking a chance on LaPierre with that third pick. Okay, nice. I like that's a bit of a hot take. We like that as yeah. a sense central oh, citizen. <laughs> LaPierre, man, he like Craig Button had him in his top ten um, last really year. Good. Yeah, I, I like that take because if you're the Sens, you got a boatload of draft picks. Why not try to throw a bone at a guy and try to hit a home run. And if it doesn't work out, you got eight other options in the first three <laughs> rounds. So I wouldn't be yeah. too worried about that. Yeah. Well, yeah. The, the, the beauty of, or why I say well, I would like a defenseman there, the pick's probably going to be between 18 and 24. Yeah. Well, who have the Sens drafted in that range in the last two years? In 2018, Bernard Docker at 24. Yeah. Go back to Shabbat at yeah. 18 in 2015. And then Lassie Thompson at 19. So good defensemen are available in that 18 to 25 range always. And especially in this draft, when we were doing our rankings, you're noticing from 20 to 50, there might be 20 defensemen. Like there are a boatload of high upside D-men, and which is why it would be even crazier to consider taking Sanderson or Drysdale at five. You can't do yeah, it. Yeah, I wouldn't do it either. I, I would, I want, have you guys seen a lot of 67s games? Not live, but we've watched some a fair bit of Jack Quinn highlights and and Marco Rossi highlights. Yeah, I would. I I don't know. Like I was listening when you guys had um Scott on. He wants Rossi for third, right? That's crazy. Like I I take a hard look at Rossi for fifth. I think yeah, that'd maybe. be a good pick. I, it, that's to me. If Lucas Raymond goes fourth, I yeah. think Lucas Raymond would be such a good addition to this team, and one of Byfielder Stutzla. I think that's a perfect scenario going into the first round anyways the draft is going to be electric we're fired up to have it maybe we'll get you on right after you know see what your initial reaction is from the draft but thank you very much adrift go find it on spotify anywhere you get your music it's electric our moment the latest single thank you very much for being a send central citizen thank you so much guys i appreciate what you guys are doing repping the sends over in uh the enemy territory Hope you enjoyed our chat with Adrift Music. We'll be back on Monday to break down the final game of the qualifying round. That's right. Just one game five, but we'll be back to break it down on Monday, which is draft lottery day. Yep. Phase two of the draft lottery goes Monday. We'll chat then for Brandon Pillar. I'm Ross Levitan. Enjoy the weekend. Okay. It's the final.
Chance. 